Welcome back to another episode of Rock M Reacts live from uh, the Dome in St. Louis post game following the Zoo's uh, win over Memphis today. Uh, a lot went down. We saw a lot of a lot of players go down with injury first off, but also a lot of hometown heroes kind of emerged and, and played incredible games in front of a lot of family and friends, which was great to see. And of course, this team is now 4-0, uh, defeated non-conference play for the first time since 2014. Um, so there's a lot to really, really take away from today. I think first and foremost, the thing that Jane and I want to talk about, though, was just the, the environment at the Dome today and what it was like to be back in this. I mean, personally, I'd never been, but for a lot of people to be back in the stadium to see a football game, a college football game, especially Mizzou hadn't been here since 2010. Um, for me personally, just walking inside, honestly, I, I heard a lot of kind of negatives about the Dome coming into it. I really thought it was a great place to watch a game and, you know, to cover a game to play. Um, only thing, I mean, the field was, looked a little shoddy out there, yes, I would certainly say that. But I think just in terms of venue, a really cool uh, stadium for to have a game. Um, I think the fans were great. Uh, they had a bigger turnout than they, they expected. I forget the exact number. Um, you know, it was loud in here. I think, you know, being up the press box, we were up in the rafters essentially, which was really cool to, to kind of have that perspective. But yeah, just really interesting. It was the outside scene in St. Louis was really fun and almost looked like a Columbia tailgate or Columbia game day with the tailgating scene out there. So yeah, I mean, just kind of your your biggest takeaways from being able to cover a game in the stadium. Well, it's been it's been a while since I've been in the stadium. Um, when I was in my youth, uh, I know I was here for the last time Missouri played Illinois in 2010, which is really cool because I got to sit in the end zone. I was about seven eight years old then um, can't quite remember now and i was also here for a high school high school state championship and a rams game but it is actually much nicer than what i remember what i remember is a while ago when we first came in here and we looked over um because we are actually way up here because we thought we were in the press box we saw we saw the press box but i'm like no parker look up mm -hmm. that's we're sitting even higher so just coming in and looking down it it was kind of like an amazing view and that's when it was empty um when the fans started filling in it was it had a very unique atmosphere, um, I would say, and it got surprisingly loud, you know, the whole thing. It wasn't a complete sellout, but it, it got loud. Um, the boos from Memphis were, it, it, you could hear it, and then the cheers from Missouri, it was it was great. Also, it was also great to see them um, cheer on Brady Cook this week mm -hmm. compared to what happened no last week. week. You have no boos from Brady Cook, and we'll get into that um, later. But the scenery outside, you know, fans, everyone, having a great time outside. That's great to see, especially away from 120 miles away from the homeland in Columbia. Um, you know how big of uh, alumni fan base um, St. Louis is. Um, Drinkers talked about that on Tuesday. And, you know, it was just great to see a ton of Mizzou fans out here in St. Louis. Great for the city, great for the great state of Missouri. And that's that's what I have to say on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it, one of Drink's quotes in the post game was, you know, KC has the Chiefs, St. Louis needs to have the Tigers, and kind of that's what his goal moved forward is to kind of have this be Missouri City. Tonight was a great start for it, um, and I think primarily one of the reasons for that was because so many of these hometown guys had great games. Um, you know, before we get into the main two, Cody Schrader also had a great game and coming back home too, especially with that clinching run at the end, but the main storyline was Brady Cook and Luther Burden's play. You know, A, how was Brady Cook going to follow up? Potentially the best game of his career last week against Kansas State. Burden and coming back home in front of a, you know, a ton of people that he know. He's already a celebrity throughout the state, but he's especially a celebrity in St. Louis. Um, how are they going to handle that pressure and kind of, you know, what were they going to come out and do? Their first half was almost picture perfect. I mean, Brady started out 11 for 11, 230-odd yards. Um, Luther was pretty much the benefactor of almost, you know, at least half of those 11 throws, um, you would think. And it was just it was the middle of the field. Clearly, Kirby saw something this week in film. It, the middle of the field was wide open throughout this game. Uh, Burden 
was just somehow I mean I don't know how you leave him but he was he had too much room to operate with and he was making Memphis defenders look foolish um Cook just looked at this it's beginning to strike me Brady Cook really seems to be a guy to me that's he's he's finally putting everything together through he's an ultimate guy that's gone through so many different kind of just different hardships losing games in crazy ways you know making tons of mistakes throughout his career this is a guy that's finally putting it all together and has seen enough football to where he knows that he's making correct reads out there he didn't run nearly as much today obviously with the knee he was wearing the brace today but still just throwing the ball this passing offense was dynamic throughout the day burden was incredible per usual um tough to take down and just your thoughts on kind of how those two played in front of a home crowd with you know so much being made going into this game about them playing back in st louis and man it, it's something you have a good offensive coordinator in. First of all, before we get in, before I get into that, um, I had question marks about Kirby Kirby uh, Moore coming into this year. You know, what he, he only called plays for one year, like really truly be able to transform this offense. And we had our questions after the first two weeks, but oh man, these last two weeks, this pass first offense has really gotten going. And I think when you have a coordinator like Kirby, it really elevates your quarterback play and that's shown up the last couple weeks and even throughout the summer you know watching Brady Cook um perform I'm like you know and even last year I always said this too he's just give just keep giving him a shot don't don't quit on him now because and then it really showed here in his hometown that's special him and Burden both Mm -hmm. being able to go off was really huge for this team and like you said um the city and Brady like you said um he's getting his confidence he's looking like one of the better quarterbacks in this conference um week in and week week out and you know that knee was bothering him like you said he didn't run much we did have this run down here i think i forgot when it was he i thought he was about to score and yeah and that would have been electric um he still refused to slide today yes he did all, and drink said that i gotta teach him how to slide yeah more and schrader always tells schrader him also said that multiple schrader tells now. him when he's running behind him slide 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 mm-hmm. but he is a tough uh, he is a tough quarterback, and that's one of the things. You know, as as a fan, as someone who likes to watch football, you like mm-hmm. a tough quarterback that can just, you know, withstand so much on and off the field and then go out there and operate the way he did. He started, what, 11 for 11? Mm-hmm. And then Burden, um, you know, he's in, he's insane. He's a great player. Pretty he's going to – his yards after catch, his strength is just something that, you know, I don't think I've really seen out of a college wide receiver that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um you know, going back to watching college football when I was a kid, but it's just, it's amazing. He's one of the better receivers that I have seen um, personally, especially for this team in a, in a long time. And this, and this um, program has had some great receivers come through. So what they're building is, is special, that chemistry between them two. And it's, it's going to be very fun to watch going down um, in the stretch and, you know, games to come, especially with SEC play starting up. Yeah, and we listened to one of those guys, Jeremy Macklin, speak a little bit earlier today, and he was obviously at the middle of the field for the coin toss. And Dare I say it, Burden had a very Macklin-esque performance in the Dome. Macklin dominated this field twice, and I believe at least twice in his career. Yeah, twice. Um, and, you know, Burden kind of did the same thing today. It was really impressive to see. I do like your point, though, on the play calling. I think Kirby's found a way, yes, to make Brady very comfortable within mm-hmm. this offense and in, in communicating with them all. I think they're on a great standpoint. But I really think his work with Burden and the fact that going into the season, every defense that was on the schedule knew we got to take number three out of the game somehow. we got to make sure he's not just the X factor for yep. them. Kirby's made it so that that's impossible because Burden half the time is a distraction, half the time he's the real threat. The defenses don't know. Last year it was all Burden screen passes, quick pop passes. Now you're seeing him get open over the middle of the field, downfield. They're getting him, they're utilizing him so many different ways. It's going to take an, a, an elite defensive coordinator to really try to figure out, you know, what's Luther going to be doing each snap. Um, and even then, it doesn't matter if you know. You're going to have to have three guys getting the tackling him if you want to really stop him. So it's just... I'm really impressed by Kirby Moore. I think, you know, the whole 
offseason was this is one of the up-and-coming names in coordinating. He just hasn't had a lot of mm-hmm. practice. I think he is putting just an incredible resume Good fam- Good family tree. Good family mm-hmm. tree. Where he too. comes from. His I was going to say, Kellen's brother, already... His brother's well-known around college and mm-hmm. NFL. And Kellen, Kellen's already having a, having a good time in the NFL. Who knows, maybe Kirby joins him one day. Maybe right. Kirby moves on to be... Head coach at the college level maybe, one day. Kirby's Drew's right hand man as long as these two are going. I was going to say ideally he stays around here for a yeah, pretty long time, but like, we'll see. Coordinators, like coordinators in the SEC time. do tend to be a rotating carousel. Yeah. But um, moving on to kind of some of the more unheralded guys kind of coming into this game, they really had to step up. I mean, we saw we'll touch on a little bit later the the mass amount of injuries uh, that suffered during this game. But you also had Rake Straw was out uh, coming into this game. We mm-hmm. found out post game it was due to injury. Brett Norfleet similarly out due to injury, a rib injury. Um, so you got a couple of guys really step up today, starting on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Marquise Johnson, who for the second straight week had a big catch. This game, of course, was a 76-yard touchdown to kick things off. Very reminiscent of that Luther Burden touchdown to kick things off last week against K-State. Johnson just gets wide open downfield. Everybody's Mookie himself has said he's the fastest person on the mm-hmm. team. A lot of other players have agreed. Um, and I drink with saying, has said multiple times now the past couple weeks that we need to find more ways to get him the ball. Yeah. Kirby Moore said as well. Um, He's 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 a true speedster. He's he's your guy that you let him get vertical and go, um, and and you can tell he loves that. And that's what he thrives off of. So, I'm really interested to see. You saw, you know, Theo had a touchdown as well, but mm-hmm. Marquis seems to be climbing that wide receiver depth chart at this point. I wide receiver two is probably a little bit of a reach for year one with him as a freshman, but I really think next year he has a chance to emerge as as one of the top targets. Um, so it, just kind of your takeaways on, on Marquise. Oh, my goodness. That brother is fast. <laughs> that brother is fast. Um, on that touchdown, he, you know, they kind of froze him up with the play action. Um, try to froze the defenders up a little bit, but good ball by Brady Cook. He effortlessly threw that ball downfield. And Marquise, he burned everybody. Then you saw him striding to the end zone, and the defender was – he was trying to catch up to him, but it was too late mm-hmm. by then. But I think the most important play, and aside from the touchdown for Marquise, was it was on Burden's 56-yard catch, the one that he kind of got mm-hmm. banged up on. But on that play, I saw it um, kind of developing. Um, Marquise, the attention the attention wasn't on Burden when Burden was coming to that side of the field. It was on Marquise because they were trying to – they didn't want him going deep again. Yeah. And then Burden came – he came um, – across and caught that ball and mm-hmm. turned up field and started going and what also i noticed about marquise is he's about what 5 11 maybe 180 yeah he's providing some key blocks mm-hmm. on that play as well and it it proved a lot of dividends in that play because burden you know he gained a few extra yards on that play and every yard matters yeah and football and then on the next play cook finds theo weiss i believe in end zone touchdown missouri mm-hmm. up a couple scores but you know that's that's something good that you want to see from a young wide receiver especially a true freshman wide receiver mm-hmm. playing against a power five opponent so i thought that was really good for him um and like you said his catch last week against kansas state got separation on his defender made a great catch and um, set up a field goal for harrison Beavis. so i'm excited for what he does in the future mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely going to be some opportunities for him i know this is what theo's last year as well and yeah. then a lot of other guys are going to be getting older so and after the game he said he was, he was pretty, he's kind of calm and clicking i believe mm-hmm. he said that the pressure doesn't really get to him or not he was he, out there to play he 
he approached that press conference like a senior. Like he's not a freshman. Mm-hmm. He he talked like a, he had his answers down. He was. I mean, it was the typical player speak, but it's what they teach him to say. He's he, he was not the type of person you're gonna you know freshman that's in there yeah. not knowing what to say. They're gonna say something wrong and be all in the media. I know no. if I was 18, 19 years old up there, I would be. <laughs> Especially just having caught a touchdown pass to yeah, open the game. The I mean, you're probably feeling journalist. you know feeling great about yourself. But not yeah. credit to him for that. I do think I'm really interested to see going forward. I I think they're gonna continue to just take at least a couple shots with him a game. I think yeah. you, you'd be hard-pressed not to um, doing that. Yeah, but you don't have the defenders to cover him, good luck. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's going to take good someone, uh, DBs that run four, four, sub 4-4s four, four to really keep up with him. So um, Elsewhere on the offense, though, I did want to give a quick shout-out. Uh, Jordan Harris, who obviously Norfleet was out in this game, so yep. you had Tyler Stevens, and then Jordan was kind of coming in and, and being that next option. Um, Drinkwitz and Cody Schroeder both talked about his mm-hmm. blocking and his, how he diagnosed some blitzes late in the game, especially yeah. on Cody's touchdown run which was really great. They were really impressed with him. I can't emphasize enough, this guy, if you do not know, started playing football in senior year of mm-hmm. high school. This is only his second year of playing football. This guy is the limit for this for this guy, a 6'4", 240 oh, yeah. pounds. So I I really think just this could be the type of performance that, and Northley's been playing great as mm-hmm. well. So it's going to be difficult to differentiate between the two of them because they both got potential going forward. Yeah. And they're both freshmen. Um, but yeah. you like what you saw from them. Yeah, and um, here's the thing with Jordan, Brett, Tyler Stevens, you know, Mizzou's known for some great tight ends, right? But those tight ends, I think of Chase Kaufman, Martin Rucker, Michael Lemieux, they were they were great in the receiving game. But these cats do now, speaking of Stevens, Norfleet, and Harris, they do a lot of stuff that you're not going to see on the stat sheet. You don't really just see with the naked eye because those guys, they're going to contribute in the blocking game as well. And then the catches will come. We saw Norfleet get a catch last mm-hmm. week. But the big thing with tight ends that you always love and it translates well to the NFL is if – you can block and also communication is key and the Jordan Harris you saw drink would say that he communicated an entire call down the line of scrimmage yeah. um, which helped pave the way I don't know if that was on Schrader's touchdown I believe it was what. that's okay. what he said yeah and, and so and drink would said he's never seen a freshman yeah he's never seen a freshman doing that. when you have a freshman that's vocal like that that's going to translate big in future years to come so just having tight ends that can do that and contribute well in the blocking game, you know, because receivers, they're going to go out there, they're going to go get the receiving yards, but having tight ends that can do that and be vocal, that is something that is big for an offense. And I think it's very underrated, especially in the game of football. It always has been back then and even today where you see, you know, you think receivers, receivers, quarterbacks, yeah. running backs, they're always the flashy players, but, you know, the fullbacks and tight ends, you get them involved. Well, I know Mizzou doesn't have any fullbacks, but you get the tight ends involved in all aspects in the game, it's going to produce some positive results. Bring back some some tight end U vibes at yeah. University of Missouri. We need it again. Fullbacks, fullbacks, too. That'd be fun. Need a back. They, they, they brought out a, didn't they, they brought out a wishbone yeah. at one point. Yeah, I think they were really in eye formation a little bit with the tight ends. I think it may have awesome. been Harris in the back. It's lovely to in see. Back for, yeah, some great some to good see. nostalgia. <laughs> um... Moving on, yeah, defensive side of the ball was kind of really where we saw some guys step up. I mean, you, the DB room, I believe Drake said post-game, you entered this game with three healthy cornerbacks. You got down to two at a certain point. Um, starting off, Drayden Norwood, I really thought had two pass breakups, would uh, really just popped off the field today, I think. And the coaching staff has been really high on him, saying, mm-hmm. yes, you hear about Drake Strong, you hear about KD, rightfully so. But Drayden's really impressed now in his second season, um, kind of used to the program, used to Baker's defense more. They said they really thought he's going to be a high-quality third rotational piece. He showed that today, great in coverage. He unfortunately got injured, uh, I believe it was around halfway point of the game. It was actually during where he came in on a sack. Yes, that's well, what it was. It wasn't a sack, but it was a fumble. Yeah, yeah a he forced the – yeah, which is crazy. He was all over the field. Um, Marcus Clark steps in for a Miami transfer. He – 
was beat on some throws, but also had the key interception uh, late in the game as well. He played admirably. So, you know, you're looking at that, and you had Norwood and Clark both step up. Marvin Burks also played, I think, a solid game, especially early on um, in the Mm -hmm. back end. And it was a game in which you had to have these guys step up because you didn't have Ringster out there. You had guys getting banged up left and right. KAD walked off the field at one point, you know. It was really impressive. I think it speaks. It's a testament to the depth that they have built on this team. That's what happens when you have multiple top 10 recruiting classes mm-hmm. and you hit the transfer portal pretty well. Um, but it speaks to the depth that they have and the fact that they were able to survive something like this against a quality you know, opponent in Memphis. They were able to overcome those injuries. I was just really impressed. Um, so, I mean, out of, out of those three guys, yeah, who kind of you know impressed you the most or you know mm-hmm. popped out? I know Norwood, Norwood for sure early on, like you said, those two pass breakups. Those are very noticeable because those are both on third downs, I believe. And then he had that sack that um, resulted in that fumble. Unfortunately, he got hurt. He was having a heck of a game. And then um, Marvin Burks, I noticed before um, Memphis scored on this fourth and goal down here, the two plays, the first first down and third down, um, true freshman, he made two good plays to put Memphis in that situation. But, you know, those guys fly around fearless. And then, you know, Marcus Clark, it wasn't the sharpest day for him, we can be honest. I mean, they were getting beat on some one-on-ones. I think Drinkwitz, he was not happy with the man coverage yeah. today. But he did get that interception down here on the other on the other end zone. And that, that translated right into a field goal for Missouri. And Missouri won this game by, what, seven points? So, yeah. you know, the, the plays like that helps flip the field. And Missouri, we're talking about a defense that needed turnovers after the first two weeks where they didn't force any. Mm-hmm. And he played in a close game against Middle Tennessee State because Chris Abrams Drain had an interception down here, and then you got um, Clark's interception down here. It translates to points and helps translates to a win. But you speak on the depth of this team, you know, that's key going down forward, especially in the SEC play, because you need it's always next man up. You need players to be able to come in late in the season where you're just hurting and you know yeah. some guys aren't just going to be available to football you're never really 100 percent during the season so you know you need those guys to step up and you know they fly around fearlessly and chris Abrams drain he specifically said about Dre norwood yeah and marcus clark after the game that you know them competing in practice helps build their confidence and he didn't really have a concern when they went out there on the field to join him in that defense and secondary so yeah great game by both of them kennedy always just seems kind of so He's like, like he's two steps ahead. he's two steps yeah. ahead like he just he knows what's coming mm-hmm. he's all right he was talking post game about how he's oh, just yeah. he's at the point where he's reading keys he's to where he's just dub. he's knowing what they're doing i think it was a dub out there he knew that where the route Toski he knew, dub, he knew uh, the route he knew oh, the yeah. route he knew he knew Toski's routes to that's, that's for sure uh, but yeah i think another point on, on that you mentioned drink was about the, the man coverage that was the one thing mm-hmm. drink was probably post game was the most upset about is how many guys were running free off man coverage either from beating someone or just busted coverages something that he and Baker are definitely going to gonna mm-hmm. work work on in the future. Um, and my last point on Marvin Burks, I forget if I've said this before, I've uh, Marvin Burks doesn't look like a freshman. He's perhaps one of the, I don't know how to say it properly, but like one of the freshmen that just looks the most the physically like an upperclassman. Yeah. yeah, like he looks like he belongs in SEC football already. And, and, it's, and like, it's crazy. It's like that with him, Johnson, Norfleet, yeah. Harris, this freshman class, you know, there's, mm-hmm. they're kind of stepping up yeah. in a way, which is exciting if, if you're a Mizzou fan and have, have great aspirations um, moving forward the next few years in the future. So mm-hmm. that's great to see that these guys, and it seems like they haven't really had that in a while, like just true freshmen and a ton of them coming here and just contributing in a way, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really helped translating the wins. Yeah. And um, as we kind of wrap things up, but uh, the running game struggled in the first half for sure. It was definitely mm-hmm. more pass heavy. And that was, I mean, again, this game plan the past two weeks has kind of leaned on that. You know, against stronger opponents, you're not going to be able to run the ball yeah. successfully too much. Drink said post game, he thinks the best teams 
aim to score in the first half and then try to establish the run game mm-hmm. in the second half. That's exactly what they did tonight. You know, Cody Schrader had a far better second half. You saw Pete get a lot of quality touches. You saw, uh, to all the people that have been talking about recently, Pete got 15 touches tonight. Cody Schrader got four carries at least, so not counting pass uh, receptions. But so pretty evenly split between the two of them, both of their shots. They both, um, you know, I think both played pretty admirably. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line really imposed its will late in the game, and I think it's the first time this season we've truly seen that, to where they were just opening up some great alleys. It seemed like Memphis was getting worn down as the game went on. Really impressed with kind of how they, they iced the game at that point. Um, and going forward, you hope that you'll you'll see more from from the offensive line doing that. Again, against SEC opponents, it's going to be very different. Yeah. Um, but right. on the on the negative side of things, because we can't keep it all positives here. The injuries, primarily, that was the biggest thing tonight. I mean, it was a laundry list of people. You saw Darius Robinson, who uh, Drinkwood said postgame has been dealing with a calf strain for a couple weeks. He's just playing with it, and it can, it can give out on him at any moment. It unfortunately gave out on him in the first quarter here. Drink said postgame that the debate going forward is going to be do we rest D-Rob for a week or, and, and kind of let him get back to 100%. How do we go about that? That will be an ongoing conversation. DB room was absolutely ravaged. We've talked about that. Brady Cook was banged up at a certain point. Xavier Delgado walked off the field. I believe he returned. Um, okay. Luther Burden even uh, was out of the game for a while. Um, you saw Mookie Cooper go down with a head injury. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long list. Yeah, it could have been a penalty on that one, too. I mean, there, there's some others I'm even missing. But it was it's unfortunate heading and now you're you're getting into conference play and you're dealing with these injuries as opposed to later on. But it happens. It's the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My concern level, I guess, not not too high there. I do think I was interested to see Brady designed runs. I believe only two tonight. Wasn't that many? Didn't, yeah, he didn't and take that's. I think you're going to see max two or three design runs. He scrambled probably one or two extra mm-hmm. times. Yeah, I think this offense is at its best when he is able to run the ball effectively. That's something also worth monitoring forward. But yeah. kind of, are you concerned about? We talked a lot about the depth of the, depth of the team. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned with some of these injuries going forward, or do you think they're going to manage? Well. You know, football is a battle of attrition. It's the right mm-hmm. word, right? Yeah. Battle of attrition. So this is just like, this is what happens in, in this. It's a brutal game. And like I said, this death, it, it eases it eases the worry um, going forward. But, you know, the injuries that this team has suffered, none of them seem like too severe. Mm-hmm. You know, going, we're going to talk about this upcoming schedule in a bit, but going into Vanderbilt, I don't think that um, – you know, you can probably go in there without, you know, a couple guys. You know, Darius Robinson, he, so. another guy, he, I hope so. Yeah. Darius Robinson, he, that's a big loss because he had a sack in mm-hmm. the first play of the game. Yeah. So, well. you know, it's a battle of attrition. Drinkwood said the main thing he wants his guys to do, the biggest thing he wants to take in the SCC play is get these guys healthy. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's something that, it just, like I said, it happens in football. I'm not really worried about it. I mean, your main offensive playmakers are still mm-hmm. healthy. Well, Cook, he's he's still playing. I wouldn't say he's completely healthy. I don't um, know if Cook's ever going to yeah. be 100% healthy, <laughs> yeah, but which that's, that's going to be happens fun. with quarterbacks all the mm-hmm. time. But running back, your running back in receiving room, um, your old line seems pretty, it seems pretty stable at this mm-hmm. point. Defensively, up front. And within, because really, thing with football it matters. You know, if you're healthy and strong within the trenches, you you should be all right. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Missouri's really healthy along the front seven and in the trenches. And hopefully, it was it? Hopefully, um, Blake and his name could come back linebacker. You know, oh Chad Bailey, yeah Chad he was, Bailey, he was, he was back. Okay, he five back. tackles. Yeah, he, he did. Actually, okay, he this was okay. kind of his first like true it's, game back. Yeah, it's assume. late. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is it's late. I forgot, but it he's back. Mid- so it, it is, is currently midnight. It is late, but he was back out there tonight. I don't know why I yeah. forgot that. So. 
front seven, the trenches, um, all pretty much healthy. That's that's the key to winning football games. And then we saw with the depth in the secondary, um, we see a guy step up, you know, and then offensively it's, it seems all right. So I'm not truly concerned mm-hmm. about what was going on out there. So. I'm gonna say, I think I do think getting Chad back tonight was really yeah, huge. He did have a, have a good impact on that game well, as well. Just thinking back, just thinking back. But <clears throat> another thing, just for any Mizzou fans that are speculating, uh, someone did ask Cody Schrader post game if the turf did play any factor. Schrader said no. Again, the turf probably wasn't the highest it quality, but not there. many of those injuries out there seemed necessarily turf related. It seemed a lot more based on hits. Yep. Again, all speculation, but just to throw it out there uh the last negative point to go off of and i i didn't even realize this till after the game somehow because i guess i mean the drives it was just chunk play after chunk mm-hmm. play so it didn't matter mizzou was 0 for 8 on third down tonight drinkwood said he doesn't even know if that's ever happened to a team that he's coached and, and still won the game um again i mean a lot a tons goes so many different factors go into you know going 0 for 8 and third down and every single third down conversion that you attempt um you know, it's something that coaching staff obviously they're going to need to figure out going into this week. Just kind of, I mean, my my per, I don't I don't have too personal of a concern level with this. I will say the subtraction of Brady Cook's running game mm-hmm. potentially will hurt your third down chances for the rest of the season just by purely numbers um, and the amount of threats you have in the field at a time. But in a game like this, especially where it was close throughout, you you would have hoped they got a couple more conversions. So I mean. Your level of concern with the third down rate, which again, maybe it's just a one-off thing, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know if I've ever watched or played in a game where a team converted zero third downs, just like one third down, and came away with a more convincing victory mm-hmm. than Missouri did tonight. But like you said, they made up for it with chunk plays. And I think a lot of times, some a lot of times it might be kind of like an anomaly with these type of things, just having like a random stat. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's not something that I'm too concerned with, just the way the offense was still able, in a way, to move the ball. Um, you know, some on one of the third downs, they were back, they got backed up during penalties. Yeah. So it's just little things like that. I don't, I'm not really, I don't think it's really a concern. But you still come away with 34 bucks in this yeah. business, so that's it's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. You score so score 34 points. I don't think um, it's a, if they, if they would have scored 13 points, 12. 10, then uh, yeah, that's where he says some red flag, which would have been something last year with this scene. But oh for oh for eight on third. Oh for eight is does third not, down is weird. I didn't realize it like you said either. But it does not quite um it does not quite match being a one and zero. That those are two yeah. very different numbers. Uh, well yeah, I was I was using the Mizzou football team mantra though of entering every week wanted to go one and zero. They don't they, yeah. they don't care about going twelve and zero. They yeah. want to be one and zero every they don't week. Care about LSU two weeks. Exactly. We won Bandy. Speaking <laughs> of which, we will be in Nashville next weekend. For the Vanderbilt game, um, making a return trip. Past two years with Vanderbilt have been very interesting. They've been dogfights each time, as Drinkwood's kind of said himself. Vandy's in the midst of a three-game losing streak. AJ Swan, I, I don't know if he was benched today or injured, but he did toss a couple of interceptions in a rough performance against Kentucky. Will Shepard had a decent start to the season, but it's kind of weaned off in these recent weeks. Vandy's defense has looked very shoddy at best. You know, going ahead, A, you've got these injuries that you got mm-hmm. to deal with. B, you're entering conference play. That's a whole different beast, you know, and you've got plenty of great matchups kind of lying down the road. At the beginning of the season, even before the season, I, I, I looked at this schedule, and I think a lot of people did too, and say, wow, you could be 5-0 and going into that LSU game and be ranked. Knock on wood, maybe college game day comes to town for that. Uh, Red River is also that week, but maybe we can pull some strings. Um, that's the dream. That is the dream. Yep. You set up a night game against LSU and a chance to prove that you are a, a, a 
potentially a contender in the SEC this season. Playoffs. Your more quote playoffs. That's a that's a statement. I, I can't even imagine playoffs. But I mean that'd be incredible. Yeah. And yes, beating LSU, you'd be right in that mix. So looking ahead, you have to take care of Vanderbilt this mm-hmm. week, though. What does Mizzou need to do? The same as tonight, and also just better to be able to take down the Commodores, a team that again is going to fight them yep. no matter what. Um, buckle up. The SEC, the SEC schedule is going to begin every week. Kansas State every week is yeah. a high, um, intense matchup. And I'm saying this based on history. It, it's weird when, we put, when Missouri plays Vanderbilt. It's always been, there's been some weird games when they've played Vandy. I know they, last time they went down there, it was it was a dogfight until I think Basilac threw a Hail Mary and that broke the game open. But two years ago before that, they went down there and lost as a ranked team. And they've done. They lost in their 2015. Vanderbilt came up here and came to Columbia in 2012 and beat them. So this this game is always an interesting one. I don't know why. And then last year it was a dog fight as well. It's it's just one of those games where you know Vanderbilt knows that you know their football program isn't as great as or premier as the other SEC teams. So they're out just like. I'm gonna turn the lights off. Just like every every other team they're out they're going to come out and fight and mm-hmm. hit you out they're playing they're going to play with nothing to lose and, yeah. but they've they're on, they've, they've kind of improved um and they're certainly a better team yeah, than what year. they've been and their receivers they're, they're no joke so they're going to this mm-hmm. new secondary is they're going to have to bring their a game out of things but uh buckle up yeah for tomorrow health of the health of the secondary is going to be a big thing to monitor mm-hmm. throughout this week going against some bandy's dbs we'll see how their quarterback situation works out as well yeah um but road games in conference it's never easy no matter who you're playing don't write off vanderbilt by any means never. but <laughs> don't do that no especially missouri you don't want to do that especially missouri you're not worthy. um but that'll go wrap things up for this episode live from st louis we'll be back again from the box in nashville next weekend uh, so for Jaden and Parker, we will see you guys then. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more, just like it being directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks.